Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Conversations with Calvin, We the Species. Uh, and uh, chronologically, we're in the middle of January. And, and I'm here in Jersey, and it hasn't snowed yet. And there's no snow around. And we are now cruising. People talk about, and this is not, um, this is not a political commentary here. Uh, people talk about, you know, climate change, global warming, all that stuff. And they're two different uh, entities, actually. Um, and, and, and I say, hey, uh, it hasn't snowed. And we're now about to set a record. The latest snow uh, ever around the tri-state area here. Um, so be it. Uh, it is what it is. Um, so uh, this is a, a, a really fascinating interview. That's by the way, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Lynn uh, Elizabeth Lynn Blackson, um, uh, and I'm going to call her Lynn. But we've been planning this for a long, 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 long time uh, because I wanted to read. Uh, the first part of a trilogy, Girls Gotta Eat. I I just felt I wanted to read it. Uh, it's urban fantasy, horror. Uh, she'll tell you more about, we're going to talk about this quite a bit. Uh, and uh, it, it, in order for me to, to have sat down and, and things come up, uh, but this is, um, this is almost like three seasons this whole process, I mean, I think began in August, summer, drifted into fall, and, and I finished it um, in winter. So this is a three-season thing. Uh, but um, uh, as Dunkin' Donuts uh, advertises, it's worth the trip. So it was worth the wait for me to have plunged into this and, and read it at my leisure. Um, uh, the one thing I do want to say uh, in this quote monologue uh, is I want to thank Gary Hill. Uh, Gary and I met, I don't know, a couple of years ago, became friends through social media. Gary, uh, it, uh, and that's where I met, that's where I met Lynn. Uh, we've done some, some spooky horror things and we've done some panels, which was fabulous. Anything all arranged by Gary, who uh, is the publisher of Music Street Journal. I'm making sure I get this right. Uh, Tales of Wonder and Dread uh, and Spooky Ventures. Uh, just creative, innovative, uh, unique personality. And 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 it was a great, um, for me, a great friendship, great collaboration. Having met Gary, who introduced and got Lynn uh, uh, and, and helped orchestrate all this. So uh, it's a shout out to, to Gary. Um, title of this interview elizabeth lynn blackson uh, author horror urban fantasy uh a girl's gotta eat which is part of a trilogy this is the first part uh she's also been in the u.s air force we'll talk about that and this is coming to you uh, out there live from st louis and i'm done so lynn uh jump in a little bio a little background and then we'll kind of take a journey <clears throat> okay um well i started i guess this whole thing started in southeastern ohio where i was born and raised um grew up watching uh saturday matinee horror movies and reading comic books and then in middle school 
started reading Stephen King novels and other horror stuff, um, I was pretty convinced that I was on a route to become a comic book artist and pursued that to a degree. Wow. Uh, but due to financial reasons, I ended up having to enlist in the Air Force. Uh, I spent six years in the Air Force. How that was six years instead of four or eight is one of those weird things. Um, but it was an honorable, honorable discharge and all that. Uh, I spent that amount of time. I was stationed on Scott Air Force Base just out uh, outside of the St. Louis area, which is how I ended up here in St. Louis region. I'm still in the Metro East, a little town called Collinsville, right on the edge of the St. Louis region. Um, so when I was in the Air Force, I was also doing small press comic book work with a friend of mine um, and playing role-playing games and eating a steady diet of horror and macabre and <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I've written a, a number of novels trying to get my craft to the point where I felt that it was good and publishable <clears throat> and um, finally uh, got some work with a, a role-playing company called Margaret Weiss Productions uh, working on their Serenity role-playing game. I did half of the wow. Six Shooters and Spaceships supplement wow under the name elizabeth blackson or sorry lynn blackson <laughs> um and that led me to meeting uh a, an author named ed greenwood who is famous in the DD community and producing a manuscript for him in 2017 for his series that was called hell ma and mine was going to be like 14th on publication before the project kind of fizzled out. So I was left with this this uh, manuscript and that was A Girl's Gotta Eat. Um, scraped off the serial numbers from his world, fixed wow. what I had to, um, tried to find a publisher, got it picked up by someone, they fell apart. That's the second publisher that had fallen apart. And then Gary picked it up and we got it published. Boom. <laughs> Boom. There's a history for you in That's a nutshell. It's a really interesting journey. Uh, we didn't discuss this when we chatted, uh, I guess, last week. We talked about comic book artists. Um, my, my son uh, spent a chunk of his life uh, in the comic book. We never talked about that. I'm, I'm learning about this now, which is kind of... All the it's surprising stuff you get to learn about a new... A yeah, new it, it is. And the stuff just comes out. And, and I guess when we spoke uh, last week or... Uh, there was no reason to really talk about comic books, but uh, but anyway, my my son, I'm proud to say it. I might as well say it. I'll say it to you. Uh, my son won the Eisner Award a few years ago. Wow! For best comic book anthology, he was one of the writers. And uh, when we're done, I'll, I'll show you what it looks like. Uh, this is not about him, but uh, his passion and love has has always been comic books. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and and and. Of course, winning the Eisner, he was so proud. Uh, anyway, um, all right. So you 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 done your your thing in the Air Force, uh, which I'm always, you know, the military service thing is always fascinates me, and and uh, I'm always impressed with that. It, it, it's so important. I I came out of a different time. So we're going to talk now about girls. 
got to eat. Uh, and and uh, again, uh, I read it and I took notes. I I have my notes. I don't know if I showed you this, but I have all my notes. I took oh, notes. Wow. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty thorough. Uh, nice. Um, so um, it's horror, vampire, urban fantasy. So my my question is, how does this subject matter come to you? Where did, how did it how did it come to you? Right. Um, that part of that was imposed upon me by the uh, by Ed Greenwood Group when I started okay. the manuscript. His series Helma was about shape shifting man eating demons, and so the creature in this book is not really she's she's more like a succubus than a vampire, but that's like a, a very minor uh, uh, hair to split, I guess. She she for all intents and purposes is a man eating monster. Um, where where the story came from was that the question? Yeah, where 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 did it come from? <clears throat> within within the the framework of what I had to do is use a character that was like that. I didn't want to tell the story from the perspective of the creature, the otherworldly monster. I wanted it to be an allegory for someone's desire for vengeance. Um, the one of the two main characters in the book is Lucy, and at one point she finds out what this creature is, and she thinks, if I could just harness it and point it at all the horrible people in the world, and and that's sort of the impetus of the story is, given given a monster on a leash, what do you do with it? Okay, okay. Um... Another provocative question, um, you're smiling. Um, uh, having read this, Girls Gotta Eat, um, I know I wrote, I just finished my my, my second novel and 99.9% of that uh, is from my own life experiences. So right. did you pull some of the, did you pull some of the things from your own life experiences to help make the Girls Gotta Eat? Yes, absolutely. Um, and how much of that, I, I like to say that my characters in the book are like, I took a little uh, chisel and split myself into pieces and each of the characters got assigned different aspects of me. So there's a lot of my viewpoints and a lot of, a lot of when I argue with myself about philosophical things, I'll just have two of the characters argue it out. And okay. it doesn't mean that I ever come to a conclusion. So. Okay. Okay, that's that, it, it's interesting to, uh, for me to uh, you know ask another writer uh, right. where some of this stuff comes from. Um, there's a lot. I keep showing this because I, I like show and tell. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, police stuff uh, and firearms here. I don't know anything about firearms. Uh, where did that kind of background come from? Well, um, it was detailed. Like it was so detailed. Yeah, I'd like to say that it was military where I got the firearm training, but the honesty, honest truth is you come from southeastern Ohio and you go shooting for fun. You go out in the strip mines and shoot up old wow. washing machines or, okay. and then after the military, I continued um, learning about firearms. Uh, um, we have a range near our house. And I think I fired every concealed carry firearm pistol they had available. Wow. And 
ripped a few magazines out of a fully automatic MP5. And so wow. I, I like to try to make sure that that sort of detail is, they're not magic bang things. They're machines mm. that function away and you have to understand them and that but sort of thing. They're, they're, they're wonderfully detailed. And even there was a, I forget, but even the pressure that, Right, the the energy they produce in jewels, jewels or something. What what yeah. did I did I read that? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's muzzle energy it, translated as jewels of energy. Oh wow! So, I, so yeah, it helps to read or something before you talk about it. <laughs> I can't do that all the time, but it does help. Um, there's a lot of uh, not a lot, but there's references to serial killers in this too, and that's right. Quarter. That was a um, one of those rabbit holes that I fell down in the probably early '90s, reading Tom Harris books and the Mindhunter book that then became a television series, the Origins of the FBI Searching for Serial Killers, okay. um, and the Agent Torres in this book is on the hunt for a serial killer. It's how he's introduced into the story. Uh, the second of the two main characters. One is Lucy and one is Javier Torres, FBI agent. So, okay. yeah, and and that is just one of my hobbies, one of those macabre things. Like, if you're going to have a weird hobby, might as well put it in your horror writing. <laughs> uh, and and uh, listen, I've seen enough documentaries. Um, the mind, you know, of a serial killer, I can't comprehend. I mean, I, I, I don't step on a worm. Um, right personally. there's a there's a thing where all of us we all have to draw a line between what's worth caring about and what we don't and some of those people have this line just like there's me and then uh, there's nothing else i care about and i feel bad i like to think of this thing where a, a year or so ago i was walking down a sidewalk and i watched a, a kind of thin emaciated cat pounce on and consume a little baby bird and I didn't know who to feel bad for, Oof. you know? Oof. You know, it's funny you, you say that because um, I, I explored some of that in my second novel, um, um, you know, being an animal uh, and, 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 and um, uh, it, 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 you're right. Uh, who do you feel sorry for? The, but they're both surviving. It's it's our world. Um, anyway, uh, we could. By the way, that could be another show or two shows and three shows. Um, one of my uh, this is a praise statement um, about girls got to eat. Uh, the praise statement is as I was reading it, uh, you write with a certain air of believability, uh, almost like you're sitting there just telling me stuff. You know, you write a course that you write a course the coffee table for me, and and uh, and I think that's a, a gift uh, to write with that. Uh, did that just come to you? That's a natural thing, the believability. Um, <clears throat> I've been told from pretty early on that I have something of a knack for dialogue, but everything is what you're seeing is a is a novel that has existed for five years. And I've probably read it a hundred times and belt sanded every rough edge. And you learn as you um, 
progress from one, let's say, long project, one novel to another, what you did wrong, what can be repaired, how to repair it. And there's a there's a real trick to learning, to stepping away from your own work so you can see your own flaws. Uh, one of the things my uh, writing group I learned in recently was read your own stuff out loud so that you can hear it as language because there are times when a sentence reads fine when you're looking at it, but when you try to say it, it becomes a convoluted mess, so. Okay, makes sense. It's well, all craft. It, everybody thinks, you know, it's it's all talent. You're so talented. It's like, no, this is me screwing up 500 times and you're seeing the best version. Right. You know, hopefully the best version. Right, it's so interesting you say that because again, I just finished my second novel it's in the editing process now. Um, but uh, I can't tell you how many, it's probably a hundred times I read that thing before it even went to an editor. Yeah. Uh, and then you get sick of reading it. It's like, I know how do. this ends. You do get sick of reading it. It's like, you know, for the first year or so, you know, going through the whole process, it's such a thrill to read your, it's like a baby, you know? Yeah. You're yeah. A baby uh and um and after a certain point uh it, it's they become screaming teenagers <laughs> yeah you just don't want to do it uh, i i didn't want to do it and 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 i haven't touched it and looked at it now well because it's, it's getting edited um back to girls gotta eat um sure you write with subtle themes uh uh some of the subtle themes that i i picked up on uh, and they're powerful uh, uh, is abandonment, and the, the and, and the one that that resonated with me the most were, were mother uh, issues, um, and I said before he we went on air, it made me think of the movie Carrie. Right. You were really <clears throat> so uh, by design. You write with these, um, you write with these kind of issues for a reason, a purpose. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. In the foreword of the book, I talk about the origin of the character and where she comes from. And I don't think through, I think at the end of it, I, I explicitly state that what the book inevitably is about is trauma and specifically Lucy's trauma. And, you know, I'm not going to, you're, you're saying that some of the stuff seemed very real. Uh, some of it is my life. Some of it I took from my life. Um, the the crazy, it wasn't my mother, but I had an aunt that had a religious delusions. And um, that I think is a strong tie-in to what you're picking up from Carrie because Carrie's mother had the same sort of religious yes. fanaticism. Fanaticism, yep. And this book deals with uh, Lucy's trauma from that childhood, that upbringing. Because... Um, because she up and she up and left it was that bad, right? Yes, and and the thing is, when it's that bad, and when someone has to leave for their own survival, then her whole life is a ripple of that, you know, one cause and effect piling on another until you she reaches the age of twenty five and she doesn't feel like she's a functioning human being or an adult in any way. So, okay, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, Lynn, I, I forewarned you. I'm going to go off topic for a second. That's okay. Uh, I, I like this question. Uh, I told you I plagiarized it, but so be it. 
but here goes. Um, and again, you don't have to answer it. If, if, and, and you can give me a couple of answers, whatever. Uh, here goes. The scenario is excluding family or friends, somebody living or dead you'd like to spend a day with. A whole day. See, I'm used to answering the who would you like to spend lunch with. Well, it's the same type thing, you know. I'm, I'm going to go for a weird answer. Sure. I, I really, there are two people I would really like to spend time with and for different reasons. Okay. One of them is a, a musician named John Popper. He was the lead singer of a group called Blues Traveler. Um, the lyrics for that band have intrigued me greatly. I think I've listened to seven of their albums and wow. some of the way he puts things are, are very interesting. Um, the other one is a comic book author and then went into, I think, film production named Ben Edlund, best known for writing The Tick. Um, and I say that because that guy has just got to be a complete hoot to hang out with. I'm writing this down. I'm going to check this stuff out on my own time. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Um, back to work. Um, uh, and I, I ex extracted a, a, a quote. Um, uh, I thought it was a cool quote. A, a broken clock is is right twice a day. Right. And 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 you came up with so you you found that somewhere. Yeah, it's a it's an old English idiom, and I probably heard it from my grandparents. But um, there are certain jokes that I tell in the book, and they're not. They're not like big punchline jokes. They're sort of conceptual. And twice in the book, I kind of tell the joke that even a broken clock is right twice a day. In that twice during the book, a character, secondary character says something that is spot on accurate truth, but only by accident. So. Okay. Okay. Um, I think there's a movie here do you agree with me well i tell you what i have my elevator pitch ready i'm working on my breakdowns of shots and if you give me 40 million dollars okay. <clears throat> yes um to the point to the to the degree that i considered how many characters i introduced in the book as speaking characters it is when i when i imagined this book it played out in my head like a play or a movie, and then I just okay. wrote down the way I okay. saw it. Okay, because your dialogue is great. We discussed this before. Uh, you really, it's it's real dialogue. Right, there's oh. one thing in dialogue that I wish I could do as a writer that I can't figure out. And the first time I saw it was in the movie MASH in from the 70s, where you have two characters talking over each other, and you can't write that. There's, there's no way you have to do it yeah. sequentially. So right, 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 right. I know. Um, and otherwise, all of the ums and you knows and people stuttering and stopping in the middle of speaking or changing, they speak half a sentence and then change what they're saying. I tried to catch all of that in the dialogue. No, you, 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 it, it's really a natural. Well, it's a gift to be able to do dialogue like that. It's very natural. Um, Let's talk about whatever you want to say about the next two books in your trilogy. Do you have a cover to show? 
I have a cover for the next book. It is the sort of working cover. It's Fine. still in progress. All Black Water. Okay. Is that a song? Is that from a song? No. It's from the Doobie Brothers song, Black Water. Um, the, the story is what you, you said that there are subtle themes. There are yes. things that you can't see at all in the first book because they're so minor. Um, there's a use of the word stiletto, which starts off to mean high heeled shoes. And by the end of the third book refers almost exclusively to the dagger, the stiletto. Oh. Um, there's... There, there are symbols and things that, that keep going on and keep getting repeated. Um, by the end of the third book, these people are not normal humans anymore. They're, they're, they exhibit supernatural abilities. And the way each of them morph or transform um, gets laid into the foundations early. Uh, the, the whole trilogy, the series might go more than three books, but I've got the first three. Okay. The first one, A Girl's Gotta Eat. The second one, Old Black Water. And the third one is called Invasive Species. Okay. Um, and they wrap up a chunk of the story that's going on. And then there's stuff that can go on beyond it, but it tells the uh, a basic portion of the story. Um, and it is... In, in general, it is this sort of sense that people are becoming something that is not human and not necessarily what they want to become. Or, There's an awful lot in this book of masks and shape and name changing and people becoming something, if you, I, if you follow that as a theme. Yeah, I... I, I... I get the feeling there's metaphors here. Um, I get the feeling it's loaded with metaphors uh, about life on Earth in 2023. Yes. Um, do you have an ultimate, um, a, a final ending in, in your in your mind? Uh, to how the story ends? How this trilogy or beyond the trilogy would end? I like to think it sounds a little weird, but I like to think that the story ends with all of the characters bowing to the audience and exiting the stage. Okay. That sounds like a happy ending to me. Uh, I like happy endings. Um, not necessarily real. Okay. That, that, that works. I like that. Um, so we're uh, now just to kind of get frivolous and, and get away from a girl's got to eat. Again, just to reiterate, because I always repeat myself, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creature of perseveration. Uh, I just made that up. Um, uh, but uh, I, I really, truly enjoyed the read. And these days, it's not easy for me to, to, to find time to, to do that. But uh, it, it really was an interesting read. Um, so, again, thank you. Um, thank Gary for you know, the matchmaker. Uh, I should probably add at this point that uh, Gary and um, Tales of Wonder and Dread have two collections, Spooky Houses and Spooky Stories, both of which I have a short story in. Well, so. that's great. 
That's great. Uh, I mean, and and you know, we did one of our panels. We did a couple. Uh, right. I was I was on one of them. Yeah, and 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 the stuff. I mean, it was easier for me to read a, a short story, uh, which I did a couple uh, here and there. We did one in, in conjunction with Halloween a year ago. Um, uh, it, it's just a great collaboration uh, to be continued, uh, Lynn. Um, uh, life in St. Louis, where you live, Midwest, and well, you're used to that kind of life, and, and it's really different. People say it, 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 it's different. Uh, you know, I, I'm a Jersey guy, and I did spend two years in Ohio going to school, Midwest different you like life in st louis um having come from southeastern ohio where as a child for the first five years i was on a farm wow. and then moved to a town of ten thousand people and lived there until i graduated uh st louis doesn't it feels like the the biggest city you can be in and not be in a big city it's like a hundred little cities that all grew okay. together okay so um, I've been to Chicago and New York and um, Houston and uh, Dallas and uh, on the West Coast some, but um, they're a little intimidating. Chicago's intimidating. New York is insane. Houston is insane. And no human can afford to live on the West Coast that I'm aware of. So yeah, <laughs> St. Louis has you know, world-class music, world-class museums, world-class everything, major sports teams, if you're into sports. So it's, it's kind of the place where I found that I'm comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last, uh, favorite movies, favorite musicians, which you already said one favorite, um, uh, favorite writers. <clears throat> I'm going to start with a favorite musician because the guy's been eating and <clears throat> eating in my brain recently. Uh, it's a, it's a hip hop artist named Aesop Rock. And yeah. he has an album. Um, I think it's called the spirit guide, something like that. And it's, it was his most recent album, I think. And it talks about a bunch of supernatural things and the spiritual journey and trying to figure yourself out, which is not things I imagine mostly coming from hip hop. Um, let's see here, other musicians that I've been listening to recently. Nothing's coming immediately to mind. I run through, I've got a stack of CDs and I got a CD player for Christmas so I can use them. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, Pink Floyd, I listen to Pink Floyd a, a ton. So authors, obviously Stephen King, obviously Edgar Allan Poe, they both affected me. Um, I've got a bunch of non-fiction books like vampire forensics and things like that i like books where people take speculation and slam it in with science and see how what folk tales what might have caused them what what the origin might be um we have an author in the local area who writes extensively about hauntings i've read a bunch of his stuff which is great fun um I don't know. That's about all that's coming to mind that's besides fine. comic books and Okay. That's fine. Um hey, uh we did this. It took us a while, but we did this and took and it took you so long to read my book. It took me a long time. Uh, I again I don't I don't do a lot of reading. I, I just don't have the time. 
I'm a big documentary guy. Uh, and I watch a lot of those too. Yeah. I watch a lot of that. Uh, but um, thank you uh, for being here for your time. Thank you for uh, a girl's got to eat. Cause I really enjoyed that. Uh, and I've said it to Gary, I'm saying it to you, you guys come back, you come back and we can talk about, you know, book number two. It's coming up. out in like a month and a half, dude. You can talk about that, uh, by all means. Uh, and, and a happy new year, Lynn. Uh, Thank you. Happy new year to you too. And we're signing, if we're officially signing off now, don't leave. Uh, we'll do a little bit of a wrap, but thank you so much, Lynn. And Thank you. Book.